Welcome to the All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All Around Joe Podcast, I am chatting with Jimmy Kennedy of Inside Tracker, and we're going to be chatting about performance optimization. Jimmy is a CrossFitter himself. He throws down hard. He is basically the person to talk to if you are into CrossFit and doing Inside Tracker blood tests. So uh, you should be talking with him. Um, but th- we're going to be talking in this podcast about nutrition, recovery, blood work. And I've got a few random questions for him about like the changes to CrossFit and that type of stuff. So it's a really fun interview for me. And if you like listening about couple of people geeking out about CrossFit and nutrition and blood work and all that fun stuff, you're going to love it. And this podcast is brought to you by Inside Tracker. If you've heard my story before, then you can just hit fast forward. But Inside Tracker changed my life a few years back when I thought I was doing everything optimized, everything great, but it turned out I was eating way too much red meat and I was basically poisoning myself with iron or ferritin, stored iron. And what I did is I took out the red meat. I actually added more carbohydrates into my diet. I dropped about 10 pounds of body fat and increased my energy level in four weeks or something. It was like very quick. So I highly recommend that everybody takes a look under their hood and gets an inside tracker test done because it's just awesome how you get the information really quickly and they correlate it with scientific journals or evidence on how to improve your blood markers. Really cool thing is that Black Friday is coming up. Hopefully you guys are listening to this on or before Black Friday because they have the best deals of the year. They've even given me a special code, All Around Joe Special, no spaces. That's the code, All Around Joe Special, no spaces, and you will get their best deals of the year with that code. I recommend that you use that code, store or stock up on Inside Tracker tests. It is super easy to get them done. And make sure that you're set for the whole year. Like I've mentioned, I do them about every three to six months to make sure that I'm completely optimized because I just cannot figure it out without taking a look at my blood work. So there's my spiel for you. If you have any questions, let me know. But make sure you head over to InsideTracker.com and use the code ALLAROUNDJOESPECIAL on Black Friday. All right. Without further ado, we're going to jump into this podcast interview with Jimmy Kennedy. Here we go. Jimmy, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Super excited to be here. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Inside Tracker is the thing. So, um, man, let's start off with like, what do you do at Inside Tracker? Sure. So, I started about a year ago, actually, and um, basically, my job is to expand the brand in the CrossFit space. So currently right now, I guess what, what I really focus on is, uh, is social media branding and just opening up to the CrossFit market. So every Thursday I get to go on uh, the Inside Tracker Instagram and I do a little question and answer series where anyone could submit questions or maybe one week we talk about one whole topic and I go on there and I answer their questions uh, and, and give my thoughts on the topics that the fans or that our listeners choose. That's pretty cool. That's super cool. Is that any time on Thursday? Like I should put that in my calendar and just like be in there asking you. Yeah. So, so it's called barbells and biomarkers. I kind of nicknamed it that. And uh, it's all like strength and CrossFit oriented or intensity, uh, high, like, you know, hit uh, intensity training uh, style questions Mm -hmm. and how that, you know, 
um, goes with biomarkers and how that affects your biomarkers and some things you can expect to see or some things that maybe aren't really, really known. Um, and it's kind of, I mean, if you go on the end of the day on Thursday, you know, most people, I guess, at night are scrolling on their, their Instagram feed. So you'll see them all uploaded then. So I sometimes occasionally post all throughout the day or just maybe all at once uh, towards the end of the day. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that sounds like fun. I'm literally going to put that in my calendar and start asking you questions on yeah. Thursday. <laughs> awesome, man. We always look for questions. I, I tell all my listeners, um, please submit any questions, whether you think they're small questions or too complex, anything that you want to know. Yeah. Because um, that's what we started this for was just to answer people's questions. So any well, questions, always welcome. <laughs> I love it. Let, and, and let's get into like what your background is. So like, why, why are you the man asked or answering these questions? Sure. And like, cool. I know some um, stuff about you, but dive in. Let's go. Yeah. So I've been um, a lifelong athlete. I played hockey for, geez, uh, probably 24 years, I guess. Um, and I played at a pretty decent level at like a prep school level uh, in New England, which is pretty high. And, um, I went off to university. I kind of was at that crossroads, I guess, of like, do I want to really focus on hockey and pursue this, you know, for a scholarship, uh, going to college or, you know, do I want to focus on academics and college? And I kind of went the the academic route because that's probably the the safe route for me. And, um, and so I kind of stopped playing competitive hockey. I still always, always played, but I was looking for that, that one thing to really fuel like my competitive drive still. And at the time, my cousins, um, uh, my cousin owned a CrossFit gym in Albany, New York. So he would always kind of float me wads to do, uh, you know, and I was always skeptical at first. I think like everyone might be like when they start CrossFit. And then once I started uh, doing some of these workouts, I was hooked right away, found a CrossFit gym. And that's when I, that's when I got into CrossFit. Um, So now now I had like these two passions of CrossFit and, um, my passion always through academics was sciences. Um, so I'm currently right now, uh, completing my PhD in biochemistry up in, uh, Montreal at McGill university. Nice. So I have these two pretty strong passions and that's kind of how it drove me to inside tracker, which was like the perfect blend of both of them. I have, that strong science background, which is what our, our biomarker testing and our analysis and recommendations are all about. Plus my personal passion for health, wellness, and CrossFit. So it just couldn't have been a better blend, uh, blend together. So that's kind of how I got started with inside tracker and, and doing what I'm doing. And, and that's my background. So were you one of these guys when you were playing hockey that you would like look for the next supplement to take or the next like food fad or like, that type of well, stuff. Well, you know, it probably while I was playing hockey, I probably not. But along with hockey, our off season was always I was in the gym six days a week. Okay, you know, tr- and I was always a smaller guy um, coming up through high school. So I got hooked up with one of our trainers um, at our at our prep school, and he kind of took me under his wing, and that's when I really got into weightlifting and strength training. And that was like another passion on its own. Like at that point, it was always like a means to getting stronger for hockey, but something that definitely started something inside of me of, you know, strength training and, and personal health and wellness. Um, 
and when you're in the weight the weight lifting world and into the gym like supplements for sure they're, they're <laughs> always right there so so yeah that's probably when when i got started there but yeah that's pretty very, cool yeah it's very cool i remember playing college baseball and i almost liked the weightlifting component of the college baseball more than the playing the baseball part so it was like this yeah. rivaling thing you know <laughs> yeah and it, it kind of got like that a little bit um you know still always loved hockey and yeah. and stuff but then when i went to college I, you know, still playing hockey, but more at a recreational level, like on the, on their club teams. Um, but I was still in the gym, you know, every day that was my way to deload after class or to, you know, blow off some stress, uh, when taking exams. Um, so I was still there and then the CrossFit really creeped in there. Uh, when I started my PhD, um, about five years, five, six years ago, that's like when I really got into CrossFit and, and I got hooked probably like, you know, 99% of all CrossFitters get hooked with their, that one first workout. So, yeah. So let's dig into the PhD, man. Like what is the study yeah. that you're doing and like, or what are you studying and what like really got you interested in that? Okay. So I've always been drawn to, um, to sciences and like the, the health sciences. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently, my PhD is in the immunology field. So I work on, I work on the immune system. Um, and it's always with a genetic uh, component to it of, of what I study. So essentially, I'm working on um, special types of immune cells uh, or white blood cells called T cells. Mm -hmm. And I look at the genetic, uh, genetic defects um, or mutations in, in the genes that affect how these T cells function in the immune system. Uh, and it's always in response to uh, an infectious disease is, is a context that I work in. So I work in, uh, the malaria field. I work in the tuberculosis field, the TB field, and a couple other, uh, bugs that we kind of, we look at, but it's always, uh, with the, how the immune system or how these genetic defects affect the immune system to these diseases. It's pretty cool. Very cool. So, you know, you're super smart is what you're telling me. That's what I'm hearing uh, here. I'm like, yeah. man, I could ask you like 20 more questions about like what he's talking about right now, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I know. I, I try not to lose people when I say what I'm doing, but um, I get the the puzzled look from my wife a lot when I <laughs> when she asked me how my day was. Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's yeah. probably really cool and helps you to understand uh, from a different level like what these athletes are going through. Uh, yeah. And, you know, them being able to be that bridge, you know, where you understand at a higher level, they don't necessarily, maybe they want to sometimes, you know, I think it's super interesting and uh, would love to go down that rabbit hole. I'm not sure the listeners are like, oh, let's talk about yeah. some really in-depth stuff here, but. For sure. I mean, some athletes that I talk to um, when I do consultations with them, uh, some athletes, they want to geek out on this stuff as much as they can. And I spend like hours on the phone with some of them going into this and the that and the this and a lot of the times it's hey i heard this thing on a podcast or hey i read this article recently like what what do you think about it is it legit so i have those people but then i also have the people that are like jimmy can you just tell me how does this make me a better crossfitter yeah. <laughs> so you know i have the range and and i'm open to that and and i like both sides of it so and i think i'm in a unique spot where i understand the crossfit I understand the training, but then I also understand the science too. So it's pretty cool. cool. Before we get into the, some of these cool recovery questions, what's your training regime look like right now as a CrossFitter? Okay. So currently, um, 
this is funny because it kind of changed a little bit in the past couple of weeks because I, I hurt my ankle. Oh. Um, I sprained my ankle, the typical wet coming down the rope, and I landed on on the rope that was on the floor. So my training kind of has switched up a little bit um, where I'm not as intense in it. I'm kind of kind of rehabbing my ankle back. But my typical training is maybe two, two and a half hours a day, five days a week. And those those other two days are like complete rest and recovery days. Maybe get some body work done on those days, focus on my sleep uh, uh, on those days. So, yeah, that's kind of how my training typically looks. Yeah. That's awesome. So basically you're throwing down pretty hard. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. We've been following a, let's say a competitor's style programming where we focus on our lifts. We have one or two, uh, you know, Metcons in our session and then some accessory work, uh, afterwards. So yeah, I, I love it. Um, by no means am I a games athlete or even a regionals athlete to be honest, but, um, I don't know. I just love I love that intensity. I love the that high level of training to basically see where my body can go. Yep. See how far I can push myself. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. You and I are cut from the same cloth, my man. Definitely. Yeah. Love it. Let's get into the weeds a little bit here with some of these common CrossFit recovery things that you probably deal with on a regular basis. And uh, my first question for you on this topic is, where do most CrossFitters fail in their recovery? Since you talk to them, you see them, you see all this blood work that goes, you know, around the yeah. inside tracker. So I can say they're get, CrossFit as a whole is getting better, mm -hmm. um, like the athletes. But where people fail, I think, is their lack of recovery. Okay. You know, I still think we, I still think you see some games athletes that are out there that are, hey, when did you take your last uh, rest day? And they're like, wait, what's a rest day? Oh, you mean the day that I did like, oh, I wrote a 10K at an easy pace? Like, no, 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 no. Like, oh, rest day. <laughs> so I think um, I think that's where most people fail is their lack of recovery. Okay. Um, and, and we see that. It's so easy to see that uh, in the blood work that, that they get done. So, And what are some of those things that you see in the blood work that tell you that they're not recovering? So you'll see muscle breakdown markers usually always elevated. So that's like your creatine kinase is a, is a sign for muscle breakdown. Um, the liver enzymes, which although they're called liver enzymes, they're also found in muscle cells as well. These are AST and ALT. Um, and when we break down those muscles, uh, we leach these enzymes into our blood and they can be detected in a blood test. So very commonly you'll see those elevated. Mm -hmm. And then you'll also just see signs of stress on the body. So you know, cortisol levels will be high. And usually when we have those high cortisol levels, we almost always see low testosterone levels in the men. And the DHEAS will probably also be a little bit low in females too. So those are almost like they're, they're telltale signs of maybe not 100% overtraining, but you're not recovering like you need to be. Sure. And I think this is really interesting stuff. Do you ever see uh, people that don't need to recover more than, or let, let me step back. Do you ever see people that can handle a lot more training load than others? Or like, do you ever have people that will, you know, train far less, get better results, you know, cause I've, I've looked into yeah. some of these markers and like the genetic differences of people and things like that. So like, have sure. you, you know, do you ever see these freaks and these outliers and things like this? I guess I, maybe I haven't personally come across them or, or maybe like seeing their blood work. 
Yeah. But you know, whether it's nutrition or recovery or a training volume, everyone's different and you can't get caught up in seeing what this person did and then trying to emulate that. Right. Um, you know, everyone's different and I'm sure we'll get into that. Like when we talk about nutrition, but, um, there's definitely some people that thrive on a more higher training load, or there's some people that let's take that training load, the volume down, but we're putting in a hundred percent intensity in every single session. Right. And that's going to get you like, in my opinion, that probably gets you better results. And, and we see, you know, Greg Glassman says that, like, I want to be impressed by your intensity, not by your volume. Right. So I think there's a range of, of people and, um, the experienced CrossFitters, they're going to know how their body reacts and maybe not get caught into doing what they shouldn't be doing just because they saw someone do it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. What are your favorite recovery tactics? So I guess, um, like the typical CrossFit person, I, I might be a sucker for like the, the cool gadgets out there. Um, I, I have a power dot. I like the power dot a lot. Um, okay. it's just, to me, it's, whether it's a hundred percent backed by, you know, proven science, um, or it's more placebo effect, I would say I'm going to err. It's more on the side of the science, but it's, to me, it's like, I can, I can sit on my couch after a day, a long day at the lab and then at the gym and I can sit on my couch and, and recover and, you know, like get that massaging recovery just by sitting on my couch, you know, watching some TV, um, that stuff. And then always, in terms of let's say tactics, not necessarily tools, mm -hmm. but um, proper warm ups and cool downs. I think okay. those are kind of overlooked by a lot of athletes. Um, if you're seriously uh, competitive or trying to compete in the sport, you need to be warming up properly and 100% you should be cooling down properly, not just trying to get out of the gym as fast as you can. So I think those are, those are all, always overlooked, but, uh, some of the best, you know, recovery tactics, I think you can be out there, whether it be just like you finish a super intense wad, go jump on the assault bike for 10 minutes at a very easy pace, get that, uh, that heart rate down, flush out those muscles, you know, something as simple as that, or grabbing the foam roller instead of, you know, everyone's usually sits around in a circle after the wad, right? So grab a foam roller and roll out those quads or roll out those glutes after a tough workout. Like you're starting the recovery process right away. It can only benefit you the next day and the day after. Sure. And do you know, does that have anything to do with like switching from sympathetic to parasympathetic or, you know? Yeah. I think that's where the, that's the science behind it. Um, I kind of tell people try not to, or try to limit your foam rolling before your workout. Let's do more dynamic stretches. So, you know, stretching while you're moving, whether it be like, you know, arm rotations or hip swings, or um, even like you can set up a, a quick little EMOM where one minute you're doing some air squats, the next minute you're doing some push-ups. you know, just to get the body moving and, and open up. Yeah. And then after the wad, where we want to come down off that high, that's when we're going to evoke the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's been shown that the foam rolling definitely helps in doing that and I, that's why I try to avoid it after before my workouts and try to save the static stretching and the foam rolling till after. Sure. When you're getting ready to warm up for a workout, because I think this is something that a lot of CrossFitters just kind of jump into is their workout. Do you have something that is kind of set in stone that you do like, all right, I'm going to, I'm about to do some heavy back squats or I'm about to snatch or clean and jerk or 
whatever it may be. Do you have something for each one of those movements or do you just kind of go by feel a little bit, see how your body is, you know, warming up? I guess it's probably a little bit of mix, a mix of that. Um, I do go by feel day by day. If there's certain parts of my body, like from the previous days of training that are bothering me or a little bit more stiff, I'll probably focus on them more. Mm -hmm. But then I also have those staples that I do every day, the minute I walk into the gym. And I would say like 90% of my sessions do start with uh, lifting, a lifting session. Sure. So those days I'm probably jumping on the, the assault bike um, to just get my blood flowing or to get moving. Cause probably like, you know, there's so many people that we sit at a desk all day. Like, unfortunately, like I'm pretty much sitting or standing. I'm, I'm pretty stationary throughout the, the whole day. And then I'm going into the gym and having to, to lift heavy. So I get on the bike, I get my, my blood flowing there, get a little bit of a warm up feeling there. Um, and then I start into these dynamic stretches. So if it's for any type of squatting, I'm really focusing on my ankles, my hips and my knees. Um, the, uh, the band walk, you know, you get a, an elastic band and throw it around your legs and, and you do the, the, I think the monster walk or, or the band walk back and forth side to side. That's a, every single day I'm doing that to activate my glutes and to open up my hips. Yeah. Um, and then if it's any type of overhead work, if I'm snatching, if I'm jerking, the crossover symmetry protocol is, is in my, my every single day, my list that I do every day too. So that's okay. like so perfect for my upper body and my shoulders. Nice. So, yeah. I like that. I think that a lot of people could throw that into their, their routine, just some of those simple things, because even myself, you go in there and you're trying to get things done for the day. It's yeah. like if you had something like, I know I'm going to be doing, you know, uh, five minutes to bike. I'm going to be doing monster walks no matter what. I'm doing some crossover symmetry. Um, it yeah. does, it's just part of the routine. Then it would be, I think people's bodies would be a lot healthier. So Right. Crossover yeah. symmetry is awesome. Like it, it doesn't even take, it takes probably like three minutes for their activation protocol. Yeah. Like three minutes and your upper body is completely warm. Like you're ready to go. So I love that. And in the same with like, uh, the band walks, um, like these are not things that I'm not warming up for an hour, you know, I'm probably 20 minutes and I'm good. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get underneath the bar. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's say after these athletes are crushing it, they're, you know, taking themselves up and down with the warmups and the cool downs. What do you think is the best way to monitor recovery state? Um, so I think, like I'm still maybe a little bit old school. I think the the best way to monitor is probably how you feel. Okay. I think, yeah. Like if I'm going into the gym and either my motivation's a little bit down or I'm just a little bit more tired than usual, like that should be a sign to you. Like, okay, maybe we'll, we'll go at a lighter intensity today, still get some work done, but go at a lighter intensity. Cause I don't want to risk injury. Mm. Um, you know, I don't want to prolong me feeling like this. Um, that being said, like, I know I see you wear your whoop band, you know, I have an Apple watch that, you know, tracks my heart rate and all, and all that stuff. Those things are awesome tools. Like I'm such a science geek. So of course, like, um, I want to see that, but I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of the stuff too, that people fall into is mental state going into training. Yeah. If like, I don't, I don't have a whoop band, but maybe like if I see, if I look on my phone and I'm, you know, 95% recovered, maybe that will switch something in my head being like, Oh, maybe I don't feel as bad as I, I think I do, you know? Um, 
but you know, mental state going into training has a lot to do with how ready your body is to train. Right. So I guess, um, to answer that question, my, my favorite one is, is by, is by feel, but again, like I'm such a science geek, so I'm going to nerd out on the wearables as well. So, yeah. And that's something that I, I, I do as well. I love the wearables. I love all this data that we can get and gather. And, you know, I've even got like this separate spreadsheet of things that I'm putting together with the wearable stuff and with yeah. like what I'm feeling, like my perceived exertion. And then like, um, other factors like, oh, I ate or, you know, took this supplement today and then looking down the path and seeing if there's yeah. any correlations. Yeah. Man, somebody I'm a hundred percent believer in placebo effect. Like a hundred percent. Cause okay. whether, you know, whether the, whatever I'm taking, whether the supplement is working or not, yeah. I'm still feeling the effect. So placebo effect is, is huge. Um, yeah. So there's some pretty cool studies. I just, I just read one about caffeine, caffeine and the placebo effect in caffeine and how that results in training output. It's pretty cool. Really? Yeah. So it's, I think, um, I don't want to like misrepresent any of the facts, but, um, I forget where I saw it, but just like quickly, it was, they gave, there was a couple groups of, of experimental people that they, that they used. One was they gave them caffeine and they told them they were getting caffeine. One, they gave them caffeine and they told them they weren't getting caffeine. And then there was the other side where they didn't give them caffeine and they told them they were getting caffeine and then they didn't get caffeine and they told them they were not. Right. So that one group where they didn't receive caffeine, but they told them that they were getting caffeine, their performance increased over the control, <laughs> you know, and then even the ones where they got caffeine and they were told not to, they were probably at the same level, uh, you know, cause they, they still had that boost. And then the highest ones were they got caffeine and they were told that they were getting caffeine. So it's, it shows like mentally, like how you go into your workouts um, and that placebo effect, like it is real. Oh man. Do you have any tactics for, well, actually tactics for getting yourself mentally ready, but then also you mentioned that on certain days you're trying to like listen to your body. So like, you want to get mentally ready. You want to have a good workout. Where do you draw the line between right. like, Oh, I can pump myself up and like totally crush it, but maybe I shouldn't. You know? Yeah. Like this is, this is the hardest thing to overcome. And I think it takes such a seasoned vet in any sport and any activity to master this. Um, and I am by no means, I'm, I'm terrible at it. Like, <laughs> you know, like there are those days where, I know I should, I, I'm not feeling well, or I didn't sleep well the night before. And I had a super busy day in the lab. There's that voice inside me. That's like, you should go easy today. Or like maybe only do four of the rounds instead of six. Yep. Um, but then it's so hard. I guess you get into that environment and like all your training buddies are going hard. So you're like, I'm going to go do it. You know? So I, that it comes with, that's good. And it's bad. It's bad. It's like, it's good that, well, now I have that motivation to get, to get in there, to do it. You know, like it's, I have that push, but is that push good? Like there's definitely those days that you need to, to back off. It's, it's so hard. Um, and like I said, like only those season seasons vets that, that know their body, that they don't get caught up in what other people are doing. Like they're, they're the ones that are going to master it. Um, but then there are those days where I'm like, listen, like I'm sick. I can, you know, it can start to feel like that throat getting sore or that cough is coming up and you just have to say, listen, like 
I'm going to take it easy today, or I'm going to take the day off and sleep this out. So there, there are those days too. Um, now, and then another mentally, like we were talking about, like the hardest part for me is those days where you feel good and you have to go in there mentally, like when you have an open workout to do, you know, like it just, you know, that you're going into this workout and it's going to be seven minutes of pure pain and you have to psych yourself up to do it. Like now we're talking about a other, I know a whole nother side of, of training and mental strength, uh, that can only come again in my experience with time. So sure <laughs> so much yeah. so much good <laughs> stuff there <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah sorry yeah <laughs> i'm not sure yeah but it's tough basically is what it comes down to is figuring yeah. out like what i would say like recommending to, to people listening here or like if they're wondering what they should do is listen to your gut feeling hmm. like i think you know i'm always one that says go with your gut and you're gonna know like I really should be resting today. Like I I really should be recovering. And uh, so, yeah, listen to what, to what your gut is. And you're going to know if it's, I'm not feeling that well because I think I might be getting sick or I'm, I'm hitting the gym a little bit too hard, or I just don't feel like it today, you know? And if it's the latter, well, use, use your peers around you, use your training partners to pump you up. Because you just look looks like you look, uh, lack a little motivation between the ears, you know. But if it's if it's the former, and you can kind of feel yourself getting sick, you know, listen to your gut. Yeah, I think that's great. And I, you know, getting back to like all this tech and wearable stuff, I talk to people all the time, and they're like, they think of it as the end all be all, and they'll say like, oh, I was, you know, my my Whoop or my Apple Watch or whatever said I was not recovered today, but then I went and I PR'd something, and I'm like, well this is, it's data. It's exactly data. It's not the end all be all. Yeah. That's exactly what I, that's actually exactly what I was getting at is, um, there is a place for these wearables. I think it's super cool to get, and I'm one, you know, obviously, um, working for inside tracker, like the, that we're all data driven and, you know, personalized data, um, on your training. So I love that, but you, I can't a hundred percent rely on that. And I, I wouldn't a hundred percent rely on my whoop band either. Right. So, uh, um, there's a place for those a hundred percent. Um, and it's definitely a great tool to give you insight into how your training is affecting your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but also you can't neglect how your body feels and just experience, I guess. Sure. And something that we haven't talked about yet, which is big in recovery is sleep. Yeah. What do you think yeah. about, what do you, how do you approach sleep? So if anyone has watched any of my barbell and biomarkers, or if you're going to in the future, you're probably going to hear me talk about sleep every single week. I think it's, uh, it's something that I'm a nut about. Um, and I think it's the most overlooked recovery method, not just in sport, but like in the entire population, yeah. you know, you have, um, you have the, this mentality of like, I need to work, 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 work. I'll sleep when I'm dead. And these people, you know, these people are trying to survive on four hours of sleep and they're just running themselves into the ground yep. and you can take a blood test with us and it's going to be like a light switch. I'm going to see it instantly that your body is under recovered and it's probably because of sleep. So now you take that. And you're going to take those feelings and you're going to try to come into a sport or into, you know, a training methodology where 
it's high intense every single day and you need to put up, you need to bring a hundred percent effort. Like, how is that going to work? You know? So, so sleep to me is uh, one of the most important things you could possibly focus on right along that, like right alongside nutrition, sleep and nutrition are always my number ones. So um, we definitely, I don't think we get enough sleep. Um, and those who do focus on your sleep, like, well, I, I guess everyone knows, like you get those couple extra hours of sleep on a weekend or something like that. You feel amazing during the day, you know? So, you know, try to carry that over every single day. And now how are you going to feel in the gym? It's going to, it's going to be great. Yeah. So. I think it was after we chatted on the phone a few weeks back and I posted something on my social media, just asking people, how much sleep do you get at night? Like not preemptive yeah. at all. Just like asking to get data. And it was interesting that I saw several people that were hard chargers that I know that were like, yeah, you know, six hours of sleep a night. And I'm like, whoa, we could totally optimize you just yeah. by adding some more sleep yeah. in there. Exactly. Um, it's like, I guess everyone nowadays looks for that quick, easy thing, you know, like, oh, give me that pill. What's that pill I can take to, to better this? Um, and they neglect the, well, if you just sleep an extra two hours or an hour a day, like that's going to have way more of an effect than anything that you can take. Yeah. You know, I guess maybe people don't know that the bulk of your recovery, the bulk of um, your body's hormone release, um, it happens during the night in the cycles of deep sleep. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're lacking those or on the opposite side, you're taking sleeping pills to get more sleep, you're lacking the natural sleep cycles between the light, light sleep and REM sleep. And you're actually, you're not getting the full recovery that you could be. So, yeah, so, I guess actually for a whoop, for a whoop band, this is awesome because you have these wearables or you have these apps that track your sleep. And now you kind of get a little competitive with it. Like, well, how much sleep can I get? You know, or how, how recovered can I get? So that's a great thing, you know? So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So do, how do you go about tracking? How much sleep do you usually recommend that people get? Um, and then should we all be looking at these different sleep cycles if we can? I mean, like there's so many, right. so many questions that come up to me all the time. And I'm just wondering if you have any of the answers. Yeah. That. So I would say if you are wearing uh, a wearable or you're tracking your sleep, um, don't get too stressed out about your sleep cycles and how much time you're spending in each cycle, because there's like, in my opinion, or I, maybe I don't even know, but how can you change that? Right. Like sure. yeah. if I'm seeing like, Oh, I'm only spending this, this much time in deep sleep. Like how can I increase that? It's probably pretty hard to do that. So, but there are very simple things that you can do to ensure that you're getting restful night sleeps. And I would say like any, um, I would say adults, um, active adults between, so let's say, you know, you know, 18 years old, to 40 years old, probably should be focusing around the seven to eight hours of quality sleep. I think uh, like adolescents and teenagers, it's recommended they get a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, you can, if you're, if you're older, you can survive or you can be very healthy on less sleep. Um, so yeah, seven to eight hours. And then it's, it's the steps that you take before you get ready for bed that are going to ensure that you're getting the good night's sleep. So try to try to de-stress, um, you know, within two, three hours before you go into bed, whether that, you know, focus on some meditation, um, some fictional reading. Mm -hmm. um, I love like Ramwad before bed, you know, doing some stretching, 
uh, or some static stretching to really like relax my body. Um, I would say within an hour before going to sleep and, you know, I'm my wife, if she hears us, she's going to look at me like you're the biggest hypocrite, but try to eliminate <laughs> all electronic use an yeah. hour before going to sleep. You know, the first thing people get in the bed and the first thing they do is they reach for their phone and they start scrolling through their newsfeed. Um, and it's the blue light from these LCD screens and these LED screens that actually activate the photoreceptors in your eyes and stimulate, uh, or I guess inhibit melatonin release, which is the, you know, the hormone to promote, uh, you, you getting ready for sleep. So try to eliminate all electronic use, um, like an hour, 30 minutes before bed. If you have to get on your laptop or you have to do something, those blue light blocker glasses are really cool. Yeah. And they work. So, uh, and then also your, I guess your sleeping environment too. Um, I love a cold room, uh, and then try to get it as dark as possible. Like I, you know, like a sleep cave. And, yeah. Uh, and that, and that usually ensures a pretty restful or that's going to get you, you know, off on the right foot of getting a good night's sleep. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't know about how you feel about this, but I feel like, athletes and people in general do not take their sleep seriously enough. And when I tell them that they should like optimize their rooms and whatnot, like what you're saying there, and they think of it like a big deal, like I don't have time for that or whatnot. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? You know, I, yeah. I go to the fabric store, buy some extra thick fabric and like staple that yeah. stuff up over my window. And it's, it's so easy. And it's like the number one or, you know, nutrition and sleep, like you said, yeah. Number one recovery tool, like feel better, think better, you know, perform better, yeah. all that stuff. So I don't understand yeah. why people don't do it. Exactly. And like the results of like studies that come out of like even one hour or, uh, or one night of inadequate sleep, you know, it just puts you at risk for, be, for getting way more injuries in the gym. Your, your mind's not focused. Um, you're coordinating, you know, if we're, if we're doing CrossFit and you're doing any of the complex Olympic lifts, your body, your coordination is going to be off for sure. So, you know, you're going to be throwing, you know, body weight over your head in a snatch. Like, well, that's not going to go well if coordination is not where it needs to be. So, uh, even mental focus, like you're going to feel depressed throughout the day. Like it's, it's crazy on, on what lack of sleep can do. So it's, and it's such an easy fix. So yeah, like I said, a lot of the easy fixes people tend to overlook, but that's where it's at. It's yeah. the things that everyone can do. Yep, absolutely. So here's here's the question: um, Are athletes overtraining or under recovering? Because I get this all the time that people okay. are like, "There's no such thing as overtraining. You just need to recover more." So yeah, so <laughs> overtraining is a 100% real thing. Um, I've experienced overtraining myself, and it's, it's really tough to control because it doesn't come up right away. Mm -hmm. You know, overtrain, like the official overtraining syndrome, you, you might be a month in the gym of being overtrained and then it like finally hits you. Right. Um, you know, so to get back to the question though, are, are CrossFitters overtraining or under recovering? I think a lot are, but I don't think it might be the group that you think it is. And what I mean by that is I would say that this, uh, the present day game athlete games athlete who they probably their, their job is to train for the CrossFit games. 
So, you know, let's take Matt Fraser, for example, his entire day, his entire life revolves around training and preparing for competitions. So he probably is optimizing his sleep. I think I listened to a podcast of his and he said something where he gets like 10 to 12 hours to sleep at night. Wow. That's crazy, you know, yeah. but that's his job. He can do that. So getting that much sleep and eating the proper foods that he needs to eat to fuel his body allows him to train, you know, four sessions a day. So where you get into the problems of people under recovering or overtraining, or maybe those people that are, tr are trying to compete into the sport and they're new at it and they're trying to put up the training volume that they see their favorite CrossFitters post on Instagram, right? Yeah. And they have a job, they have a nine to five job, they have kids. So I guarantee you, you're not recovering the way that you need to be if you're going to keep up that training volume. So I think those are the people that can kind of fall into the under recovering and overtraining, the more amateur or the everyday CrossFitter, because they're trying to put up loads and training volume that uh, they're not allowing their body to recover from because they simply don't have the time or they can't devote a hundred percent of their time to it. Like a games athlete would. Yep. Yeah. Completely agree. And I think that like I fell into that, that problem as well with myself and I looking back now on it, it's kind of interesting because I was thinking that I needed the, to eat the extra meal or I needed to, you know, take the cool supplement or whatnot. And something that I was ignoring was I was, you know, trying to grind and not get enough sleep either. But yeah, we just talked about that, you know, where it's like, yeah, what are you doing if you're training like a, a regionals level athlete and you're getting six hours of sleep a night? It's yeah. like, man, you're just you're, crushing yourself. Exactly. You're making that battle. Uh, you know, you're having such an uphill steep battle right off the bat if uh if you're not recovering if you're not sleeping enough and you're trying to train at that level you're just making it that much harder on yourself yeah and absolutely. and those symptoms or the the effects of overtraining um can have like a pretty serious toll on your body on your mind on external relationships yeah um you know lifestyle it's it's pretty tough it's something that you really don't want to get get tossed into that to that ring of overtraining. No, yeah. absolutely not. Isn't there something interesting too? Like as you're getting into this overtraining, like you mentioned where like there's a month where you might be overtraining, but you don't realize it that something yeah. like your hormone balance gets thrown off. So like your cortisol is high and you feel really good. And then yeah. all of a sudden so, it slaps you. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was going to say this, like you look at in, in our blood test, we'll see overtraining almost instantly. Like those muscle breakdown markers will be high. But that being said, if, if, if you have taken a test with us or you take a, you've gotten blood worked on and you see those muscle uh, breakdown markers high, that doesn't mean you're overtraining. Like you might have had one workout previously, like or the day before you got your blood tested that spiked that, you know. Yeah. But the real, if you have those elevated muscle breakdown markers, but then you're also seeing high um, emotional stress markers like cortisol, they're really high. And then subsequently, your hormone levels, your testosterone, your free testosterone are at like plummeting levels. Yeah. That's a sign that you need to back off and really rethink how you're attacking your training and how you're recovering. Um, and yeah, like those cortisol levels are high. So the cortisol, it's your stress hormone. Like evolutionarily, this was the hormone that, you know, the cavemen walk around the corner and they see a bear those cortisol levels are spiked. 
those adrenaline and the epinephrine levels are, are through the roof and it's that's the fight or flight mechanism. So if you have those chronically elevated cortisol levels, your your adrenal glands constantly pumping out adrenaline are are flooding flooding your body. So you are going to feel that you know that uh, that high a little bit going into the gym. But then you know there's going to be one day where you might be sitting at the table and you just like fall apart because like your body can't handle it anymore. Or you know there's a reason why you feel like you can't get out of bed every morning. Or you have no motivation to do anything and your, your hormone levels are, are so low, you know, yeah. so that can creep up. Uh, it's a, it creeps up on you slowly. Sure. Uh, if you're not watching it. Uh, let's talk about the macros now. Let's get into nutrition a little bit. Yeah. So uh, where do macros fit into the competitive CrossFit world? We hear them talked about all yeah. The freaking time. <laughs> yeah. So macros, um, or maybe not just macros, but whether it's, you know, whatever plan you're following, if you're following zone, you're following paleo, you're following, you know, counting your macros, uh, or if it fits your macros, um, they're, they're all becoming so popular. And to me, they all pretty much are doing the same thing. They're just making you conscious of what you're eating mm-hmm. and knowing how you're fueling your body. Um, and, Nowadays, I think you need to be at that level um, if you want to be competitive in this sport. You know, you saw back in the day, uh, like when Froning was winning all his titles and people always ask him, like, what's your training or what's your nutrition like? And he's kind of like, I just eat, you know, whatever I want. Like, it doesn't matter. Well, gone are the days where you can do that. You know, everyone now has specialty coaches. And one of those specialty coaches is for sure going to be a nutrition coach. Sure. Um, You know, so... Um, I think they, they have an extremely strong importance, uh, in this sport. And like I said, my two, my two things are sleep and nutrition. If you're not properly fueling your body, you can't expect, you know, ultimate, uh, or high levels of performance. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, uh, I think that's where they fit in. And, you know, speaking of Rich Froning, like you see him now, he's tracking his nutrition. Yeah. So, you know, he, he has accepted that and, um, and my, my biggest thing, like if you're still not convinced of the power that you're, that you're eating can have on your performance, well, look at it this way. If, if you're, say you're 10 pounds overweight or, you know, you could lose, you could stand to lose 10 pounds of body fat for your training. I want you to go and put on a 10 pound weight vest and do every single workout with that weight vest on and see, and see how you feel or see how you do, you know, okay. try doing 50 muscle ups in a workout with a 10 pound weight vest on. And compare that to when you don't have a weight vest on, you know? Yep. So now you shed those 10 pounds of body fat. Now, like, like that should be proof in the pudding right there. So, yeah. Do you think that there's an ideal macro level that goes like kind of across the board? Or do you think everybody's a little bit different and they have to adjust it based off of just like tests or? I think you- everyone's different. A hundred percent. Everyone's different. And that goes with not just macro levels, but the types of foods people eat. Um, I, I don't like getting caught up in, in saying like one type of diet or one type of eating method is better than another one. Um, I really think it's personal. I think it's, you know, some people do really well on paleo. Some people do really well if they eat a lot of carbs. So I think that's personal. And to me, the best way that you do that is, um, maybe if you want, if, if you have no knowledge in the space whatsoever, 
get hooked up with a nutrition coach or someone who knows a bit about nutrition and get some, if we're going to say macros, for example, get some macros written down on paper that you try to hit every day and then see how that feels. And then you can start to tweak those macros here and there to, to increase that level of performance that you want to see. If you feel like you're a little tired or you don't have that much energy, well, add a little bit more carbs uh, around your workouts, you know, or if you are starting to put on a little bit more weight or a little bit too much weight, okay, well then back off the macros a little bit, you know, lower those values a little bit. So I think everyone's different and depending on their training styles and and how their body reacts, you're going to see different macro ranges for sure. Cool. So I didn't throw this into the question, so I'm going to throw you a, a curveball here. Keto, what do you think? Um, again, I don't like to get, uh, I don't like to say stuff about one particular uh, diet than the other. I think the the research or, or why keto was um, was started, you know, for treating people with specific illnesses um, or for brain health is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Um, in terms of keto, though, for for CrossFit, um, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't want to say like a flat out no, but I'm not sure. Believe, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because I I'm I believe that um, you need those you need carbs to put up good efforts in the gym. Yeah. Like I yeah, I just I think you need those fast digesting um, sugars to fuel to fuel intense workouts. So. Mm-hmm that's kind of where, where I am again. Like I'm not a, I don't come from a super strong nutrition background. I'm more on the, the inflammation and immunology side of things, but uh, that's definitely my opinion. Like if you're going to do CrossFit, I think you're going to benefit if you add carbs to the diet. Yeah. I I would agree with you too. I just feel like it's a question that we should, should have, you know, talked about just a little bit because there's still people that everybody has the same answer that I ask at least, you know, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't think so. It's also pretty new, you know, so, um, you know, we don't know, I don't think there's enough research on it yet to really say one way or another. Um, but it has shown to be very helpful for, for certain people and especially those people with certain types of diseases. Um, um, you know, I think people with epilepsy or people with any type of uh, brain disorders, it's been shown to really help them. So that's great. And again, if, if you're, if you're still not sure, or you, you know, should I do keto? Should I stay on this? Like use your body as a, as a little experiment, like go on keto, try it and see how you feel. Cause like I, you, I can't take someone else's opinion or, or, um, someone else's, um, experience and assume that I'm going to have the same experience because my body is, you know, it's going to be different. And I guess, you know, actually, you know, like that's what inside tracker is all about. So yeah you know, personalized nutrition and lifestyle recommendations to improve yourself and not apply them to everyone. So, so yeah, it's probably not the answer that you wanted to to that, but. Well, no, I I think it's just something that needs to be, you know, brought up just because so many, it's such a hot topic, you know, like I'm hanging out with someone right now that's completely keto and they've got all these keto snacks and things like that. And they're trying to keep, you know, their ketones up and, and whatnot. And they're not doing competitive CrossFit by any means, but there's always that question like, Oh yeah, keto makes you feel like you have energy. And then the, the answer, the response to that is like, but can you be in the middle of a hard Metcon and do you still feel like you have energy or does that yeah. break down? And I haven't been the person to dive in and test it on myself. Um, 
just yeah. because you're like, wow, all right, how long is it going to take me to get into ketosis? If it does work, then awesome. Right. If it doesn't work, then shoot, I'm going to have to change everything back up. Right. Yeah. You know. And and the thing about like all these diets are like, I think some, not everyone, I, I, I'm not trying to speak for everyone here, but some people use these diets as an excuse to eat. If it fits into that dietary restriction, they can eat it no matter what, right. you know, vegetarians, vegans, they're probably, they're eating obviously way more vegetables than someone who's not on that diet. Yeah. But you can also, there's a lot of crappy food out there that's still considered vegan, right? So, and it's the same with keto, like make sure if you're going to increase all these, these fats that you're going to add to your diet, hopefully they're healthy fats because yeah. there's a ton of crappy fats out there that won't do you any good, but it's still keto, right? You know? Yeah. So that's where, like, if you're going to try one of these diets or, or one of these, um, these restricted eating programs, make sure you're still eating healthy food. Sure. Uh, and not just throwing it in there because uh, it fits in that restriction. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of restricted food, I know that like with a number of inside tracker tests that I've mm -hmm. done and people's tests or results that I've seen, a lot of times it's asking people to get rid of especially red meat and maybe some other meats, like they suggest trying the vegetarian diets and things like that. Is yeah. that a common theme? I mean, the more that I read about red meat and things like that, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of positives to it, but like, yeah. I would love to just hear what your thoughts are. So again, this, when you take a blood test with us, these recommendations that we're going to give you, they're a hundred percent personal. Mm -hmm. I actually, you know, sometimes I might be hitting the gym a little bit too hard and my testosterone levels are a little bit too low. So I actually get the recommendation to increase my red meat intake. Okay. You know, so I think it really depends on the person, person to person and all our recommendations that we do give out, they're backed by science. Like mm -hmm. if you go on your blood work page, there's the little, all those recommendations, they have a link there for the reference. And that's going to give you the reference to the scientific paper that was published that provided that reference to you. Sure. So um, those restrictions are definitely going to be person to person, you know, based and it's by no means, uh, avoid it 100%, you right. know, it's like maybe like, you know, to, to lower your triglyceride levels, maybe back off eating as much red meat as you told us that you did, Sure. you know, something like that. So, um, yeah, restrictions is kind of a, a tough word, I guess, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, I guess what they are. They're, yeah. they're recommendations on eat more of this or eat less of that. Sure. But yeah. Okay. And do you feel like there's a space for supplements or do you feel like you can get everything that you need from food these days? So I definitely think there's a place for supplements actually, um, last week and this week on barbells and biomarkers, I'm doing a series all on supplements. Mm. Um, so there definitely is a place for them. That being said, you need to make sure that your, your nutrition is on point before you start adding all these supplements on top of it. Cause you're never going to outcompete a crappy diet by adding supplements to it. Right. You know? And I always tell people that is, uh, I have a cool blog on, on the supplements that I recommend for the CrossFit style athlete. Mm. And, and one of those disclaimers in there is make sure your nutrition is on point before you start adding all this stuff in because right. it's the same thing as I always use like the car as an analogy. You're not going to start adding all these high performance parts to your car without, 
you know, looking to see what's going on in your car first or, yeah. oh, my car's making a weird noise. Oh, just add more oil to it. But yeah. maybe your car doesn't even need that. So it's the same thing with, with this. And the beauty about Inside Tracker is some of those biomarkers that we look at, like vitamin D and magnesium, you know, if you're deficient in those, we're going to tell you to supplement with them. And we're going to give you the perfect dose for you based on your blood test. So you don't even have to think about it. You don't have to wonder how much should I be taking? How often should I be taking it? It's going to be right there in your recommendations. Right. And um, yeah, so like vitamin D is like one of my number one recommendations to everyone because, you know, living in North America, we're probably in sunlight for what, like four months a year. Uh, and you know, once that snow hits, it's pretty gray and gloomy all the time. So we're not getting that required sunlight. And it's pretty hard to get um, recommended amounts of vitamin D from food. Mm-hmm. So to that, like, is there a place for supplements? hundred percent there is. And, and that's where the place is. Okay, cool. Uh, with vitamin D, I think that people also are a lot, um, they'll go out and they'll just buy a vitamin D supplement. Do you have any specific vitamin Ds? Since it's kind of like something that I, it seems like everybody should have in their, their arsenal. Do yeah. you feel like there's a specific type of vitamin D that you recommend? So not like vitamin D3 is probably the most widely used one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say that I have a particular brand that I recommend. Um, but that being said, when you are going out to buy your supplements, whether it's vitamin D or magnesium or it's protein powders or creatine, do your research before you buy them and look into the company, like make sure that the company is certified GMP. Um, you know, if, if you can make sure you're buying your supplements from companies that third party test all their mm-hmm. products. Um, you know, and w- one reason for that is like you, you, we see this past season uh, for the CrossFit games, how many athletes were popped with tests and whether they were true or not, their reason for that was tainted supplements. Well, you know, do yourself a favor and make sure you're buying your supplements from reputable brands and ones that test their, their supplements and you don't have to worry about that. So make sure you're getting quality stuff, um, and checking out brands that, that produce a quality product. And if that's the case, then I don't think you really have to worry too much about particular, particular brands or particular types of the supplement, but yeah. Okay. What are some of the blood markers that you see in CrossFitters that they need to usually keep their eye on? So the, we talked about overtraining and it's, to me, it's, it's usually those. So you're, I want you to make sure that you're keeping your CK, your creatine kinase and your liver enzymes in check. Look at those, um, those hormone levels. So make sure your, your cortisol isn't creeping too high. Make sure if you're a guy, um, that your testosterone levels are are being watched on the female side. Make sure you guys are looking up for your DHEAS, mm-hmm. and and for the females, it gets tricky because they fluctuate depending on the time of the month for for women. Um, so depending on like where the woman is in her cycle, those levels are going to be different. So just make sure you're you're up on that, and we have tons of information on our website on on where those levels should be. Um, on the same side for, for the CrossFit athlete, don't think just because you do CrossFit that you can eat whatever you want. I think we talked about this. Like, um, we often hear people say like, Oh, I'm going to go eat a, you know, a big steak or I'm going to have a pizza tonight, but I worked out and I did CrossFit. I did my class today. 
you know, like, so we actually sometimes see those, those um, metabolic markers, like your blood glucose, your triglycerides, your cholesterol might not be where you think they are because you think you can eat whatever you want because you do CrossFit. Right. <laughs> so that's not necessarily true, you know? So still focus on eating, you know, minimally processed foods, um, whole foods. Um, so we see those biomarkers come up a lot too, that people might be neglecting their nutrition just because they, they do a certain training methodology. So I would say, you know, focus on those. Okay. And where do you see blood work fitting into like the athlete's performance optimization bag, if you will, like, you know, how often do they do it? You know, what are they looking for on a regular basis? All of that stuff. Like if you're trying to optimize everything. Yeah. So, um, as I said before, you know, back in the days where you could just, you know, you ask Rich Froning, like, what type of training do you do? And he said, I just do CrossFit. I come up, come up with it, you know, on the go. Nowadays, everyone has a specialty coach. Everyone's tracking their nutrition. Um, and on top of that, well, we just talked about everyone has these wearables that's giving you biofeedback into how your body is. Well, this inside tracker, we take it to the next level. We're giving um, personalized recommendations and personalized analysis on biomarkers that have scientific evidence to have a proven effect on your overall health and wellness and to an, a larger extent, your performance in the gym. Right. So if you're trying to get to the top of the sport, um, I guess I'm a little biased, but you should 100% be getting blood tests done, you know, four or six months uh, apart to make sure that your nutrition is on point, make sure that your training is on point, your recovery specifically, you know, especially is on point. Um, and the only real way that you know that is by, you know, what we say, you know, look under the hood or get a selfie from the inside and that's with <laughs> blood test. So now you're, you don't have to worry about, am I training the right way or am I eating the right way or am I recovering enough? get a blood test on, it's going to be pretty black and white if you're doing the right things or not. Yeah, absolutely. I, and you know, I'm a huge advocate, so I believe that everyone out there should be definitely getting some blood testing done to see what's going on. Cause man, even when you're someone like both of us, probably we try and optimize all kinds of stuff in our lives. You can't tell unless you look under the hood, like you just, keep, exactly. you know, you may think you're doing great, you know? Yeah. So. And, and like back to like the overtraining example, you might think that Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just maybe, uh, you know, it's the time of the year. It's, it's the winter. I'm getting a little bit more tired or, and, you know, in my personal experience, if I didn't get a blood test on, like I did, I never would have thought that I was as far down the overtraining road as I was. Yeah. So, um, it's important, you know, you don't have to guess you're going to see it right there on your results. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Random questions. What do you think about training while sick? Okay. So um, this is like one of my favorite topics. It's kind of <laughs> like, you know, I'm in the immune system, so it's good. And this is what I, everyone has a different opinion on it. And I think um, there are those out there, those hardcore people that are like train through it, you know, train through everything. Then you have some of those people that say, well, where are the symptoms? Are they, you know, neck up, it's <laughs> yeah. neck up, go for it, neck down, probably shouldn't. Um, this is, this is my thoughts on it. So because I'm in this field of, uh, you know, the immune system and inflammation, when you do intense training, especially CrossFit, it puts a pretty big strain on your body. 
and your inflammation in your body will go up to repair those muscles or to repair the damaged areas that you just worked out. Mm -hmm. So if inflammation is going up there and you're starting to get sick, now your body, like, where's the inflammation going to, it's a seesaw effect. Now your body doesn't have enough inflammation or enough recovery process to go around. So something's going to take a hit. Either it's not going to have enough um, inflammation to fight off the infection that you're trying to fight off, whether it be a cold or the flu. And now you're not going to recover whatsoever and you're going to be floored for the next two days. Mm -hmm. Or it's the other way around where your body's inflammatory response is going to go feed those muscles that you just worked out. And now that's going to allow the virus or, or whatever type of bug that you have to completely come out in full bloom. So that's kind of where, where I come from. You have to think about um, how much uh, inflammation your body has to go around and can it feed everything that it needs to. And it's always going to, your body's going to take from one side or the other. So does that mean like, all right, I've got a stuffy nose today. I shouldn't train or what do you think? So again, going back to what we said before, I think a lot of it is based off of feel and your gut feeling Um, stuffy nose. Like, you know, most people our age, like, Hey, we've been sick before. We kind of know like when we're starting to come down with something, if it's the first couple of days of feeling like that, okay, get into the gym. But if it's getting worse and worse, like, please, like your body needs rest, like take a couple of days off. Um, you're act like those people who think that, Oh, well, if I take off, I'm, I'm losing my gains, yep. you know? Well, it's actually the opposite. If you, if you force yourself to go work out now, you're prolonging that illness, you're prolonging that cold. Um, it's going to go on and on and on because you don't have the required immune response to fight it because it's too busy repairing all the muscle damage that you just did from your hard intense workout. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's, let's dig in here. So someone is not feeling good. They're definitely coming down with something. They're not necessarily going to go to the doctor because they're this fitness freak and they're like, I'm going to recover from it. No, no big deal. Do you tell them, what do you tell them? Go sleep for three days as much as you can and then come back after you feel good. Like what would you, right. So this is what I do, um, you know, cause I do coach at my gym. So, um, and I, we have these clients come to us a lot. <clears throat> if, if they're really, I'll tell them and I'll give them the same opinion that I just said to you guys. So, and if they still come to me and they're like, well, I'm at the gym, like I might as well do something. Well, I'm probably going to modify the workout for them, or I'm going to give them a very, um, low intensity workout to do. So they still feel like they're getting some work in. And, and they are, you know, um, but I'm not going to tax their system so much that I'm going to hurt them or they're going to completely get sick um, within the next coming days. Sure. So that's how I'm going to see. And then also like while they're working out, like, please be conscious. Like if you have to stop every two, three reps to go cough or to go blow your nose, like maybe you should take a, a couple days off until you're starting to feel better. And then you're going to come back with all the intensity that you had before you got sick and we lost as little time as possible, you know? Yeah. Okay. And then last random question, what do you think about the direction of CrossFit? Yeah. So I'm torn because I'm such a fan of CrossFit and, uh, you know, I love the, the games. I love regionals. I, I love where, uh, where that was going. And I thought the games were only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
So now that CrossFit has taken kind of the focus off the games a little bit, it's, it's a little bit disappointing. Um, but you know, as time has gone on, I think everyone sometimes has a hard time with change a little yeah. bit. Um, but as we're starting to see all these sanctioned events come out, I'm getting pretty excited. I think they're going to be pretty awesome to watch. Um, now on the other side of the coin, the direction that CrossFit is going into with that being CrossFit health and improving the whole, the entire population's health and wellness and fighting chronic disease. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we see so many stories of people that have completely reversed their chronic disease or have reversed their diabetes or have gotten off insulin because they started CrossFit and they started eating the way that they should be eating. So does that, um, does that need more light shine on it? A hundred percent. But there is like that fan, a part of me that like, I'm going to miss seeing uh, all the regional events. I'm going to miss seeing uh, the focus that we saw from like the media department on CrossFit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I still, you know, at the end of the day, um, once everyone accepts the changes and it really, everything comes into light, I think it's going to be pretty cool still. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've had like a complete mixed bag of people that I've talked to and it seems like some of these athletes are now really discouraged and they're like, well, I was a regional level, or at least I was going to try and make it to regionals. And now I'm just like thinking, well, I could go do one of these competitions, you know, granite yeah. Waterpalooza, whatever, but I'm gonna have to pay about three grand to go and, you know, get the hotel and do the nutrition have to pay for the fees and whatnot. Um, yeah. Like my pers- that was my personal opinion, you know, and I'm, I'm not a regional athlete. So, and I, you know, I was probably, I don't have the time to focus on trying to make it to regionals. So, so I'm not putting myself in that position, but for those athletes that, you know, they train to make it to regionals, I feel really bad for them. You know, that, that was their, that was their big stage. So, sure. so that's tough. Um, um, also for the games athletes, you know, they don't, it doesn't seem like they have an off season anymore. No. You know, so if you're going to be in those positions where you're doing all these sanctioned events or these qualifiers and you still haven't qualified for the games yet, oh man, yeah. like come get, come get your blood tested with us because you're going to need optimization yeah. if you're doing 16 events to try to make it to the games. You know? Yeah. And that's so, a good, that's, good that's an interesting question. Do you see with these high level athletes that their blood work changes from season to season? Well, maybe not season to season, but we definitely see it. Like we've done some, some cool studies with some of the athletes where you can see um, their baseline before competitions. Mm-hmm. And then you see their effects like right after uh, either a heavy set or heavy training cycle or after a big event like the games yeah. and your blood work or like your body takes a hit, especially something like the games or like an intense three or four day competition. Like some of these sanctioned events might be. Yeah. So yeah, like you guys, those people that are forced now to do qualifier after qualifier to try to, to make it to the games, you guys out of anyone now needs to be sure that your recovery and your training and your deload cycles are so fine tuned because I guess like I haven't seen the full schedule yet, but if you're doing one qualifier in December and then you're forced to do another one a month later, that doesn't give a lot of time to properly deload or like 
you know, the classic style of tapering and peaking for competitions, like you're going to have to peak now, like eight times a year, like that, whoa, that's going to be tough. And I'm sure if the athletes are freaking out, the coaches must be like going out of their minds now. Like, how do I program for my athlete that needs to do all these qualifiers? Yeah. Yeah. I I forget what qualifier it was, but I recently saw that there was a qualifier that if you got the top three, they sent you the next week or they gave you a, a, an into the next uh, qualifier. The next might be like the Italian showdown, maybe something like that or to Cape town or something like that. And um, I'm thinking to myself, so you've got to go to a, right away to another competition that's going to beat you up and it's in different time zones. So like, I don't know about these people, but if I go to, you know, East coast to West coast, I'm messed up for a few Uh days. So it's like, and you just did a super hard competition and you're going to try and go do it again. Right. So the need for, for body or like performance optimization, I don't think has ever been higher than it is in this season for sure. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that brings us pretty much to the last question for you here. Um, and that's it. Number one, is there anything, two-part question, is there anything that uh, we didn't talk about that you think that we should have? Um, and then after that, is there anything that you would like to promote with Inside Tracker or yourself? Um, I think we all, man, we've talked a lot. We talked about a lot of things. So I don't think we missed anything. Um, in terms of promoting stuff, um, Hopefully this episode is, is out in time, but Black Friday is coming up. Um, and that's the time of the year for us. We do our biggest uh, sale for our blood tests. You're never going to see another sale like this uh, anytime during the year. Um, I'm pretty sure it's um, for new users. Buy one, get one free on our ultimate test. That's like insane. Uh, it's an insane value there. Um, for others, I think we're doing $200 off uh, our other tests. So just, you know, there's going to be tons of information on it, uh, on our socials about, uh, the black Friday deal. But if you guys are still on the fence about buying tests, black Friday is your time to do it. 100%. Um, and I guess in terms of me, if you guys, um, like I, one of my favorite things to do is, is to talk to our users, to talk to the athletes and, and help them out in any ways that I can. So I'm always open to questions. Um, and you guys can find me on my personal Instagram, it's at Kennedy J zero five. Um, or our at inside tracker, all one word is our inside tracker Instagram. Usually if you just direct message me in one of those two places, um, I answer your questions. So, so yeah. Well, Jimmy, this has been super fun and, uh, thanks so much for your, thanks so much for your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Cool. We will talk soon, my man. Okay. Awesome. See ya. See ya. All right. That was my podcast with Jimmy Kennedy of Inside Tracker. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Man, I could talk with Jimmy all day long, and I will definitely have him on another show in the future to talk about maybe just like training and sickness. So that's going to be a really fun one. I'll keep you posted on when that one is going to come up, maybe sometime in January, something like that. So we have a little bit of time in between the two podcasts with Jimmy. But if you guys enjoyed that, let us know. We'd love to get a review on iTunes at allaroundjoe.com slash iTunes. Every five-star review that we get helps the show to get out to more people. And I would really, really appreciate that. In fact, if you do, shoot me an email or put it in the show notes. I want to give you a virtual high five. Make sure that if you want to 
take a look on the inside because blood don't lie inside tracker is the way to go i do it regularly everybody that i love i kind of like force into it make them do it regularly but black friday is the day to buy your inside tracker tests they have they've got the deals the best deals of the year bar none are the inside tracker tests on black friday and i have a special code to share with you it's all around joe special no spaces all around Joe special. So just head over to Inside Tracker on Black Friday and type in the code All Around Joe Special and get yourself an Inside Tracker blood test. Really, really good stuff, guys. I highly recommend that you do it. If you have any questions at all, I'm here for you. Jimmy's here for you. Inside Tracker's here for you. They actually have this really great chat on their website. So if you just go into their website and in the bottom right corner, there's a chat and there's somebody almost always on there to answer your questions. That's where I go. It's good stuff. So remember, InsideTracker.com, use the code ALLAROUNDJOESPECIAL on Black Friday to get yourself the best deals of the year. That's when I'm going to be loading up. That's when I'm going to recommend that everybody be loading up on their Inside Tracker testing. All right, guys, that's what I have for you this week. I hope you have an awesome Thanksgiving, and I will see you after that holiday. The All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement journey. I will see you on the next podcast.